This week, we're talking all about non-disclosure agreements with business brokers and when and if you should share information and what kind of clauses in an NDA should you be terrified of. So listen up. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Welcome. So uh, I was going through questions and comments that have been left on other videos, and I, I came across this one here, which was left by ML Miles. Um, he was watching the video, Eight Reasons Not to Buy a Business. And uh, Miles asks, when do you have to share your financial information with a new broker? I'm uncomfortable with sharing that information as a condition of executing an NDA. What am I missing? Well, great question. And it also dovetails very well into a post that I saw in Search Funder the other day, which I will, I'll get to in a moment. So first of all, let's consider the position of the, the different parties. Why is a business broker looking for financial information from a buyer? Well, they don't want to waste time with people who are not qualified to buy the business. I think, I think that makes sense. People can understand that point of view, right? But what freaks out a lot of buyers is, um, you know, sharing this private information. And if you read the NDA, and first of all, David's not a lawyer. Don't even play one on TV, right? But I do have a long history of working with contracts in the various positions I've been in. And I've, you know, I did have to become a licensed real estate broker um, here where I live, went back in my business brokerage days in order to comply with the rules here. So I've got a lot of experience with contracts and, and how these things get set up. So I'm going to share um, my experiences and my opinions. And if I make a mistake, legally speaking, and you happen to be an attorney, please put a comment down below uh, and correct me if, uh, if there is something that I made a mistake on. So please do that. So um, if you read the non-disclosure agreement, that, uh, that most business brokers ask you to sign, what it typically is is a promise that you as a business buyer are not going to reveal any of the information that's going to be shared with you about the business, right? Which makes sense because the business broker is trying to protect the information of the business. But what is often not a part of that agreement is any kind of promise that they're going to protect your information as a buyer, right? Um, and so I, I understand Miles' point of view because he's being asked to give information. I mean, what if Miles is tremendously wealthy? What if he has millions of dollars sitting in a bank account, right? Um, that information in the wrong person's hands could motivate someone to do something nasty. And so, you know, a lot of wealthy people are very interested in privacy. I mean, uh, people will form different legal entities to own homes so that people can't figure out where they live, for example, right? And so, what information do we want to share with a business broker and when? So I get this question a lot in the business buyer adventure group coaching program. Um, and one of the ways that, that I answer this question is when it comes down to revealing your own financial power, your own financial strength and resources, figure out what resources are going to be needed to do the acquisition. So 
if if you figure out that in all likelihood you're going to need a hundred thousand dollars to put it as a down payment to buy a particular business, and you happen to have five hundred thousand dollars in a bank account, um, what you do is you move a um, hundred thousand dollars of that money into another bank account, and now you can produce a statement demonstrating that you have a hundred thousand dollars available, right? And when the broker asks you to complete the net worth statement, um, you, you just kind of ignore it and you just write $100,000 plus. And like, I'm qualified, I have the money. And if they challenge you on that, you say, well, here, look, let's join on Zoom. I'm going to open up uh, my screen and I'm going to show you that this account, this you know, print off a statement or whatever document you can get, you know, redact the account number or whatever you want to do. But it shows your name, your address, and it shows this balance of 100 grand. Right. You say, look, I'm qualified to buy this business. I have the money because what the broker is trying to do is just trying to avoid what my friend Clinton Lee calls one pound Charlie's, which are people that are broke that think that because they took a course somewhere that they're going to be able to somehow put together a deal to buy a business, even though they have no money. Right. That's that's what the broker is trying to avoid. And they're trying to control the flow of information. Now, on top of that, you know, Miles concern is about revealing information about himself. And I just mentioned that most NDAs are about protecting the seller's information and the business information, not yours. So another thing that you can also do if you're concerned about this, or maybe if you want to demonstrate that you are a wise and experienced business person, is there's no reason why you can't ask the business broker to sign an NDA of yours. Asking that that clearly defines that the business broker has an obligation to protect your private information. You can do that. They can refuse, but you can do that. And it will certainly demonstrate a certain level of sophistication and understanding as to what kind of uh, situation you're putting yourself into when you're revealing this information. Now, I mentioned Search Funder earlier. So there was a comment uh, or a question rather where somebody actually cut and paste a section of the California Association of Business Brokers uh, standard NDA. Um, yeah, I think it was their NDA. And in the NDA, it actually said that if the buyer did certain nasty things that were against the contract, that the buyer would become liable for the broker's commission. Now, back in my real estate license training days, I remember I had this one trainer, his name was Murray, and Murray had been in the business for like 30 years. And he made it very clear, and I agree with Murray completely. I'm going to tell you what he told me. He said, a commission agreement is an agreement between, in his case, a homeowner, in our case, it's a business seller, and the broker. It's between those two parties. And it's, you know, the understanding is framed within a contract, right? I do this, you do this, this is how I get paid, et cetera, et cetera. The buyer is not a party to that agreement. The buyer has got nothing to do with that agreement, didn't sign that agreement, hasn't seen that agreement, has no part of it. The commission is entirely something between the business seller and the broker. So there should be no language of any kind in an NDA or even in a purchase and sale agreement that mentions commission because the commission's got nothing to do with the buyer at all. It's completely between those other two parties. And so as a buyer, you should not tolerate any kind of language in any of your agreements that makes reference to some other person's obligation and how you might somehow, what, inherit that obligation? That doesn't make sense to me. 
right? And I'd love if you're a lawyer out there to put a comment down below if I'm wrong in some way. Um, so I wouldn't put up with it. I would cross it off. And and here's the thing is, is if, if you are a qualified, competent buyer, if you've got experience in a given industry, if you have the resources and money to do a deal, if you are able to execute on a deal um, and a and and you stand up for yourself in this way. If you say to the to the broker, "I'll show you I'm qualified, but I won't show you all my resources. Um, I'll show you my private information, but I want you to sign an NDA, or I won't tolerate that language in this agreement. Remove it, please." If they're not going to do that for you, what it means is that there are so many buyers competing for that particular listing that, in all likelihood, you're not going to find a good deal anyway, right? So understand your leverage. As a buyer, your only leverage comes from your willingness to walk, to back away and not engage with someone. And in the beginning of a listing, they may get the impression that there's a lot of people chasing after that deal. They may get a hundred inquiries, right? And this is why they're kind of creating hurdles for people to jump over. So they only deal with the most qualified people. But if they're not willing to deal with you on your, your terms, back away, keep in touch and just see if the business continues to be available. Because like I said, if you're if you're trying to chase after a gas station or a convenience store in a really hot metro area with all kinds of people that want to buy that kind of business, the thing's going to get bid up so high anyway. It's not whatever deal you can make is probably going to not make sense in the long run, right? Um yeah, the there was something else I was going to say about NDAs. Um yeah, I forget. Anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, if if you want to learn more about how to buy a successful business that already makes profit and and you know you want to buy that business in a risk controlled way, um, then you should be signing up for my online program. It's over at businessbuyeradvantage.com. And uh, if you head over there, there's a brief video where I explain all about how I help people buy businesses. You learn about the online training that I offer. You learn about the group coaching program that I offer and the one-on-one -on -one consulting that I do as well. And uh, I hear from all kinds of people and, and I'm happy to say that I help people avoid bad deals, which is, which is the mission that drives me. And with that, I'll say see you later. Thanks for the great questions. Keep them up and uh, we'll talk to you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos. Special thanks go to today's video sponsor, Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial. Mark helps people better manage their personal wealth and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've gotten lots of positive feedback from people I've worked with over the years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find a playlist of all the interviews I've done with Mark and to learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up to arrange a conversation about what this solution might look like for you.